Outdoors is open and you are welcome to enter. Bill Barty on this side of your radio dial here on the Carolina Outdoors and on that side. Oh, it's Wes Lawson here with you today back in the studio after being out last time around. So, Bill, we usually keep this pretty clean, where to go, what to do, how to do it. But every now and then we like to stray into the path of the ne'er-do-well. That's right. We're going into the black, dark side of the outdoors, the criminal side. Everybody likes a good crime podcast, Bill. They like true crime. They like the fantasy of it all. Well, I'm a, I'm he seemed throw... like such a nice person. <laughs> well, that's where I, exactly I'm going to go with. Because uh, I'm going to throw one out, out there. This happened in the outdoor realm, the adventure realm, if you will. Um, people charged with climbing the world's second tallest building in Malaysia. So these this group of people broke in and climbed the Merdaka 118. It's the world's second largest building in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. They've been reportedly, at least, uh, arrested and charged. Who are these people? I'm going to ask you, Wes Lawson, if you know Isaac Wright. He's an Army veteran, U.S. Army veteran, who's turned urban explorer. Yes, this is a sport um, out there in the black market side of, hmm. of the outdoor pursuits. Uh, and um, Isaac is on uh, YouTube with an uploaded video of his ascent on December 30th of 2022. That's when it was uploaded. Okay. Um, the Daredevil did not elaborate much on the details of the climb, including notably the date it occurred. But Malaysian re- uh, police reported um, that the break-in occurred May 1st, 2022. So the way this went down is right in his group, and again, a YouTube personality, were reportedly detained and charged under Malaysian's penal code on not being trespassing and climbing without without having uh, proper the proper okay. The company announced it would continue upgrading Mercada's Merdeka's, I'm sorry, 118 security and explained that safety remains a top priority as the building, which stands 679 meters, and for us Americans, it's 2,228 feet high, is still a live construction site. It's expected to be completed in mid-2023. And if you're just joining us on the Carolina Outdoors, there are groups of people across the world who do get out there and trespass onto urban sites, different buildings. You've seen them on the Empire State Building. Uh, I don't know about the Statue of Liberty, but they get out there to climb that. Um, What happened with Wright and three other men, they had their faces blurred on the video. They entered the construction site to break into the Merdeka 118 while wearing construction worker-like vests. After walking carefully and silently through various rooms and up a staircase, the group eventually reached another staircase blocked off by a locked gate and a large length of fabric covering the entirety of the handrails. Despite those signs, the group still decided to break through a small gap in the fabric to squeeze them through, and upon reaching the top of this building, second highest in the world, the men were met by thunder and lightning which did not deter them at all. 
It's unclear how long they stayed on top of the building, but the video shows that they were still up there after sunrise on the climbing date. Uh, Wright celebrated the climb. Quote, the trip ended successfully, and it's a gift to be here ending the year showing this footage. So. I have have questions. Let's see if I can answer them. So they were not caught, correct? They were not caught till eight months later. Yes, so probably not going back to Malaysia. The climb, was this exterior of the building or are they interior? It is exterior. And you can see these pictures on Jesse Brown's Facebook page. And I'm pulling this from the article posted by Brian Kay um, on um, Next Shark. So I put it up there, but it is the exterior. So that seems... um, (laughs) Not safe. Unwise. (laughs) Um, Interesting. So this guy has a background. Let me tell you this, and I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if you can. um, Well, I'll I'll read a little bit about him. He's honorably retired Army veteran who served as a paratrooper in the Army Special Forces Battalion. He got off on six felony charges against him for unlawfully entering the Great American Tower at the Queen City Square in Cincinnati. Uh, He got off those charges in exchange for entering a treatment program in November 2021 as a part of his plea deal. He's uh, uh, been linked to other similar um, incidents of of this kind of thing, taking photos on top of skyscrapers and bridges all across the country, and now with the Malaysian climb under his belt across the world. So he went to treatment for being a daredevil and an adrenaline junkie. Yes. And a a serial trespasser. Guilty. That is it. You know, I would think trespassing on the tallest building in Malaysia would be the fine and the penalty would have to be pretty rough because this is a part of the world where people get caned for spitting in public. <laughs> so I wanted uh, to bring that up because do you remember um, Michael, was it Michael Fagg? Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, this is 25 years ago, or maybe more. more uh, was it, I forgot what his thing was graffiti maybe chewing gum i forgot what he did spitting in public yeah oh and he's the one who got caned flogged Woo! that's back in the day and And i might have messed up his last name no i think you're right but you know i'm glad nobody was injured because that's not one you walk away from i mean there certainly is some technical skill there but uh before we we travel onward in no way shape or form are we advocating for people to try this this is wrong unsafe illegal if you're thinking about doing it don't go do it legally safely somewhere else um it really is pretty mind-blowing to try and do that because you know that high up thunder lightning rain wind and uh, you know there there you have all kinds of uh, vortex currents and then you know you just make a mistake because you're human um sad day well, and, and, and that is what Wright said. He said that I'm not condoning and please do not do what we are doing in this video. But he did not adhere to his own. <laughs> to Don't do this and get a YouTube channel and get more famous than me. That's right. The journey was long and difficult and full of challenges, Wright wrote on the post. A number of attempts had already ended in prison time for certain individuals, so we knew we were up against heavy odds. The trip ended successfully. Um, I do not encourage anybody to recreate the actions shown in this video. 
And again, we're going to post this up. It is at Jesse Brown's Facebook page. We invite you to to sign in there. We've got more news coming up in regards to our Facebook page. But Wes Lawson on that side, Bill Barty right here, the outdoor guys from Jesse Brown's on the Carolina Outdoors, talking about this illegal activity happening in the outdoors, this adventure. Wes, can you top that? Oh, Bill, you know I can. We begin with a wild crime spree. A man is accused of leading police on a chase across Watauga County in a stolen tractor. This, of course, is more of a Smokey and the Bandit, minus the Trans Am, (laughs) minus the getting the Coors east of the Mississippi out of Texarkana. Uh, Recently here in North Carolina, up in Watauga County, a uh, an individual well known to the local constabulary stole a John Deere tractor, led police on a let's be honest a slow speed chase, 20 25 miles an hour. You know, about a top speed of a John Deere tractor. And and to be fair, this is not a new John Deere with air conditioning <laughs> and 600 horsepower. This is an old John Deere. And Ronnie Hicks is his name. He's in jail. Um, steals this tractor. Uh, Police get the call because he was trying to hit pedestrians, which is not funny, uh, was swerving down uh, Highway 421 north of Boone, hit a few cars, hit a dumpster, hit a church, Bill. He hit a church. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hit a uh, county sheriff's car. I don't know if he was drinking a Mountain Dew the whole time. I, I want to assume he probably was. Um and then they tried to use the spike strips to stop him because he was getting within a couple of miles of a school. Um, the strips didn't work on the rear tires. Obviously, those are just too big. But it, they did some damage to the front. And then the, uh, a sheriff's deputy was given the okay to uh, use his long gun, his rifle, to take out one of the tires. Tractor comes to a stop. And then uh, Ronnie got tased. And according to one website, uh, one news site, the taser didn't get full penetration. The barbs didn't work all the way. But Ronnie was stopped before any body was injured. But um, to replay, he swerved at people in a parking lot, hit a few cars, hit a dumpster, hit a church, hit a cop car, and then was tased. So, um, Well, and, you know, uh, Dave Faraday of Channel 9 here in town, WSOC, spoke with uh, – a man, the man who posted the video that you heard just moments ago, of the of the police chase. Yep, the police chase. Mark Denny took that video. He was, was quoted telling Dave Faraday, "I was really confused. I was like, what is this guy doing? It's not safe. There's kids up here playing. There's a little school right here. Why? Why? Why are you going to steal a tractor and drive it on the back roads? It didn't make any sense to me." No, and I just yeah, what was what song was playing through his head? You think? <laughs> I mean, because the, in the video you can see a couple. If you really look closely, he's got one arm kicked back on the fender. He's just, I mean, he's out for a drive. He's relaxed. It looks like um, well, that's has- nuts. And you know, and I I bring that one up because from the outdoor guy's kind of perspective, he was in a great area near great hiking, mountain biking, fantastic fishing. So next time you're out on the water on the trail and you hear a slow speed pursuit and the gentle 
tappet thumping of a John Deere diesel, look out. Ronnie right. might be back. And I guess that is the part as we are delve into outdoor crimes, including stealing <laughs> tractors and crashing through dumpsters and cars and police cruisers and even bumping the dumpster into the church uh, near a school. All of that. Uh, and Ronnie Hicks, of course, uh, went to jail, $50,000 bond. When you got up this morning, did you think you were going to use the phrase bumping the dumpster? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but Hicks, who was already known, as you mentioned, yeah. by local authorities, is uh, now a TikTok legend. I mean, it takes all kinds, I guess. And and I just think George Jones will be rolling over knowing that, that tractors are being used in this way now. Did he get topped? Uh, he of stealing the, uh, uh, taking the lawnmower on a beer run? There are three different versions of the story of, of, of how Possum, as he was known, took that lawnmower. He says he did it because he wanted to get out. One ex-wife says she took the car keys and he got out. And another ex-wife says, no, it happened when we were together and I took the car keys and the lawnmower keys and he hotwired it. Nevertheless, it took him like 90 minutes to get a six-pack. <laughs> Ronnie wasn't going near a convenience store, by the way. Head on over to Jesse Brown's Facebook page. We'll have the Faraday story up from WSOC. You can listen and watch the police chase and follow along uh, along with the interviews that take place. That's us here on the Carolina Outdoors covering outdoor crime news hmm. uh, across the Carolinas, across the world, including the Malaysian story. But uh, back to the serious business at hand of that Watauga area, uh, we have talked to uh, National Ski Patrol mm -hmm. in prior weeks. We've also talked to Sugar Mountain in prior weeks. You can listen to those interviews recently by heading over to Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors podcast. Uh, we invite you to listen there as well as early on a Saturday morning via the airwaves of WBT Radio as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard. But, uh, you know, uh, Wes, that area in Watauga, the Watauga area, in fact, including Valley Cruces, is mm -hmm. one of the places that we um, have utilized as a stream for the fly fishing wading trips yep. that are, are that we do, uh, run by lead guide and instructor Dave Bergman. But that's one of the most popular areas in the high country for a little bit of uh, delayed harvest trout Absolutely. fishing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we talked about it with Sam Johnson not that long ago, um, right there at the kind of the creation story of of, yeah. of the river 12 so, and a half miles worth from yeah the headwaters there so yeah that's it's a beautiful area but um and and then with the skiing right now we should say that because the um the resorts are impeccable right now yeah, yeah. the uh cold weather earlier now of course we dealt with our 70 degrees in fact we we will find out later if we mm -hmm. broke a record this week, uh, as the Carolina Outdoors via the airwaves of WBT airs on a Saturday morning, but we really had a warm week. But that's a great place. The Banner Elk area, the Watauga River area, and Boone, a great outdoor mecca for, for adventures. Yeah, and if you can successfully ski or snowboard in the southeast, you can ski or snowboard anywhere. Because, <laughs> um, you know, we'd had that, that really cold snap not that long ago, but so often we have that, that interesting mix of snow and ice on the slopes, so if you can if you can survive that and live to tell the tale, um, Aspen's got nothing on you. Aspen's got nothing on you. Living up there now is now a good time, Wes, here on the Carolina Outdoors, for us to make our Facebook Live 
announcement that will be upcoming on February 2nd. You mean the announcement about how we're going to do this radio show, podcast, and Facebook Live simultaneously, and everybody's invited? That announcement? That is it. In a nutshell, we, we invite everyone to join in February 2nd at 1.30 p.m. We're going to do the Carolina Outdoors via Facebook Live. So we invite any of your questions and comments and uh, your ability to participate during that event. Again, it'll be Groundhog Day. Dial in at 1.30 p.m. Is that okay, TJ? You're invited. You'll get to see Wes and Bill, and you'll get to ask questions, comment, and play along as we go. The Carolina Outdoors Facebook Live and you'll be able to listen to it just as you are right now, wherever you may be listening to us right now. So if you have Facebook or if they have Facebook, Bill, how do they find that? Just head over and type in Jesse Brown's, Jesse Brown CLT on Facebook, and up we will pop. Of course, if you're new to the Carolina Outdoors and new to the Carolinas, period, Jesse Browns is a 53-year-old outfitter, outfitting people for fly fishing, hiking, travel across the Carolinas and across the globe. And you'll be able to um, uh, check us out there at jessebrowns.com. But the brick-and-mortar part of the business is located right in the heart of Charlotte's Shopping District, South Park, in the Sharon Corner Shopping Center. That's going to be a lot of fun. We encourage you all to play along, participate, join, and click, all that kind of fun stuff. So, Bill, it's been quite a quite a busy one so far. What, uh, what should we go into in the next segment? We're going to wrap this baby up in the next segment. Talk a little bit of what's happening at Jesse Brown's. Just as we mentioned, the cold weather was upon us, and then the warm weather was upon us. What does that mean as far as sales go? about some of the top brands in the outdoors, mm. whether it be a winter coat, uh, a pair of indoor, outdoor, everything, uh, town and country pants, or whether it be a good pair of walking or hiking shoes and the savings that are happening, again, at jessebrowns.com and at the brick and mortar, Jesse Browns Outdoors. In the meantime, though, Wes, we need to take a quick break, come back on the other side, and we'll tackle all of that. 